Casa de Monte Cristo in Nashville. It's Brianna and Marcus, and this is Smoking Section. Here we are. This is, I always, Brianna. Yes. I always have fun when I get to interview friends. Yeah, it's the best. I've known this guy, I think I've met this guy on his first picking on the patio. Oh, damn, that's awesome. That's a long time ago. Jeez. A long time ago. They introduced him, and we met, and we we hit it off. Yeah. Um... Y'all go way, way we back. We go way then. back. We we go way back. He was a, awesome. he was a little baby. He was a little oh, baby. Wow. Should we should we should we tell the audience who this little so, baby is? This little baby. I'm get, <laughs> I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Okay. So sorry. So this, sorry. This Continue, Marcus. This little baby Marcus. has had hits. This little baby has written hits. Um. And this little baby has recently. Um, did start doing this IG Honky Talk Live Tuesdays mm-hmm. where he's bringing a lot of his idols and wow. performing with them, which is fucking phenomenal. So today we get to interview the one, the only, Mr. Michael Ray. Woo! What's up, yeah. Bro? What's up, Michael? That was a, that was the first time um baby has ever been involved in <laughs> <laughs> I felt like this scene from uh, from Talladega Nights. From Talladega Nights. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's, that's a, it's a dear turn. Eight ounce baby Michael Ray. Baby Michael Ray. Baby Michael Ray. He's grown. Amazing. He's grown. He's, he's completely headlining tours now. I mean, and for those of you who don't have any video, he is actually wearing a tuxedo shirt. He, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I am. It says I'm formal, but I like to party. <laughs> I love it, dude. Dude, how are you? How's it going, man? I haven't actually. I think we met like in Key West, Florida. Yeah, a couple years ago. Yeah, well, Um, I guess more than a couple years ago. It was yeah, it was a while back. But dude, how are you? Doing good. We've been, you know, staying, trying to stay as sane as we can through through all this and missing being on the road, but fortunate that we have uh you know things like social media and zoom and other things that we can do to keep uh engagement with the fans and keep music rolling yeah. uh, which is why i started that whole honky tonk tuesday thing was i just felt like you know i love the 90s country music i love country music and 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 a lot of those artists i feel like they don't get the credit they deserve while they're alive to really see the impact that their music mm-hmm. has had on on artists i don't care how many hits or whatever if you were on radio you probably impacted somebody in some way that made them grab a guitar move to nashville and yeah. i feel like we wait till they've passed on in order and and before we really show our gratitude towards them and and, and also uh, i thought it'd be fun for for us just to bring some 90s country music to your kitchen or your living room or backyard or wherever you were at so i started that to try to stay busy and it's uh, kind of taken off bigger than i thought it Bigger than I planned, honestly. I just thought it'd be something we did for for a few weeks, and then it kind of started rolling. Yeah, no, that's see that, that right there. That, that's something you don't start for a few weeks, and then be like, oh no. But you got when you got <laughs> yeah. you have guys like Clint Black coming on to play with you, and you have guys like <laughs> yeah. Aaron Te- Aaron Tempin and Mark Wells. You know, you you can't. Oh. That's not something you can just be like. Oh, I'm just gonna do it for a couple weeks, and be like, oh, <laughs> who's next? No, Vince Gill, Alan Jackson. Who's next? <laughs> who's next? <laughs> what, is, what is he doing? Right, you know. You can't be doing that kind of stuff. Yeah, you know? you're right. You're right. <laughs> I love that. That's what. It's, that's what I was actually going to ask next. Like, who, who you had on there? Yeah. And that's amazing. I love, dude. I, I I've opened for Clint, and I've done some shows with Mark. Like, these are some killer guys. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it's been really cool for me to be able to uh, to become friends with these guys that I grew up idolizing and and um, and who are big influences to me. You know, there's a. Uh, my family had a band that's what got me started in, in music back when i was uh, in, in central florida and so clint black when i was born clint black was really coming out right, right about that time and he was you know it was him and garth and all of that you know every just the big boom of that late 80s into the 90s and and you know my family was playing killing time and a, and a lot of those clint black songs and so i i remember riding around with that cassette back in the day with my dad in his truck and then to now uh see Clint Black's name pop up on my phone and, and have, mm-hmm. him have, have him be a, a, not only just an influence, but somebody that I look up to, you know, as a man as well and, and, and all other things that he does. He's just somebody that's, that's real inspiring. It's just really cool. And then sometimes, I, I got to tell you all this. So the other day I was on the phone with him. He sent me this song that he wrote with Steve Warner. And then he goes, he goes, Michael, hang on one second. And then it kind of, the phone goes silent. And then it comes back on and he's like, hey, Michael, you there? And I'm like, yeah, man, I thought he just, I thought, you know, he, he walked off. And he's like, Steve, hey, you there? And I was like, Steve Warner? And he said, hey, Michael, how you doing? And I was like, hey. I said, hang on one second. Y'all got to allow 13-year-old me to fan real quick. And then we'll, get, we'll, get, we'll get right back to being friends and everything will be cool. But this is not what I thought my Tuesday was going to be. So, uh, yeah, it's, wow. been, it's been really fun to, be, to, to grow up, you know, relationships with these guys and, 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 uh, and, and other artists that, I've, like I said, I, I look up to and, and kind of be able to share my platform uh, with them because I think all these artists have a, have a hand in our platforms that we have now because without them, yeah, we wouldn't have had inspiration coming through the radio. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, absolutely. Who would you say of like the guests that you've had is the one who's literally like inspired you the most? Has inspired you as like an artist? Uh, um, probably, probably Clint. Um, just mm-hmm. because of uh, growing up with my family and they had that band at that time, and Clint Black was one of my dad's favorites. So he, mm-hmm. you know, he was always in the truck. I remember uh, dad telling me stories when they went to the barn to see uh, Clint Black for the first time. I think it's his first uh, cassette ever came out. And, and, you know, then they went to see him at the TD Waterhouse a year later or whatever. So mm-hmm. I would probably have to say Clint Black just because it was it was around me so much because of my yeah. dad. So, so will there be that, that song that he played you, will there be a Michael Ray and Clint Black duet? Man, I'm always in. I mean, I, I, I tell them all the time. Like, Man, just, yeah. Let me know when you're ready, Clint. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. That's awesome. So growing up, so growing up in Central Florida, I, I, I didn't realize that you were in a band with your family. Mm-hmm. So did, you, did y'all play? Yeah, I did, had no clue. Either. I had no clue about that. I, so did y'all, yeah. did y'all play the Florida market, or did you, like, did you just outside of Florida, or just? Um, they, Man, so the the original band um, was my dad, my uncle, my cousins, and um, my grandfather. And my grandfather was the one that loved music. He he served in the army, and when he got out, I don't so I, don't, I, I can't remember if he learned in the army or when he got out. But anyway, he just had a passion for music. Like I don't think I've ever met anybody still to this day. You know, I mean, he just he loved it and, and wanted everybody to have something. He wanted somebody to play a guitar. Or here's some drums. Here's this, and so. Him and my grandmother met, make a long story short, him and my, or my dad and my uncle and the cousins of that generation, my grandfather was teaching instruments and how to sing and how to sing harmony and, you know, Alabama at the time and all those. Uh, not Alabama, um, uh, some, some of those older, uh, like, like Oak Ridge Boys and those type of bands, you know, and, and learning those, those harmonies. And he, uh, 
it, it would later form into be our, our family's band. And then my dad sang yeah. lead, my uncle uh, played uh, bass, my, my cousin played drums, my grandpa played guitar. And then I came along and um, they, they kind of weren't, they weren't doing the band thing so much, but my grandfather was still playing every weekend. So I was with him pr- Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, twice on Sunday, and then back to school on Monday. Wow. So you said that you're... Uh... Your dad's saying so. Is now that you're going to deal with you and your dad? Like what the hell? <laughs> my dad said. My dad said he retired. <laughs> he just, oh, come on. He said. He said he, he just uses my Southwest points and gets a bunk on the bus. That's amazing. Come on. When was like the out. last time? Oh, go ahead. What? He he found out how to he found out about my Southwest points and so now he bypasses me and goes straight to my tour manager. Yep, there you go. There you He's go. He's retired I now, mean... so my, my stepmom kicks him out as much as she can. So this whole, all, all being at home is, you know, she's like, when are you going back out on the road to <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I'm I was going to ask, does he, like, go on the road with you at all? Does he do anything musically with you just for the hell of it now? Or Yeah, we jam, you know, whenever we're, we're together. I yeah. think when you, have, when you come from a family of a lot of people that, that play an instrument or sing within time someone's breaking the guitar out and, and uh so we definitely jam whenever we're around a fire back home but overall i try to uh i try to bring them on the bus um into places that either i think are places maybe he hasn't been to that he would enjoy or if it's a big moment uh big yeah. show or you know a place that that I, I want him to be at like when we played red rocks he had never been to denver mm. and obviously never saw red rocks so we played with old, old dominion and i flew him out there and, and he rode the bus and just you know th- those moments uh are, are a lot of fun and, and to be able to share them with him and and somebody that that was a big inspiration to me and then somebody that helped me obviously yeah. uh grow in more ways than just music for me and him to have those moments together is pretty cool makes him for, for me makes it that much more special Absolutely. I love that, dude. I love that. Being able to create music with your family. I mean, I'm sure you know this. There's nothing like a, a family harmony and stuff. Yeah. When you're there, just singing with your relatives is unheard of. Unheard of. I don't know that feeling. I, I've never seen it before in my life. That's a lie. I was, it was church choir and that's about it. Um, <laughs> Look at you. Look at you. That's about it. They all start in church. They all man. start in church. <laughs> Yes, that's summer, man. We keep it in church too. Most, most of us keep. Most of us should keep that shit in church. Yeah, yeah. We should still be playing power chords. Exactly. Yeah. When you uh, so okay, so at what age did you start actually going? You know, doing your own thing and wanted to, and they made the decision to. Hey mom, hey dad, hey grandpa. I, I, I'm going to actually go out here and start doing this this musician thing on my own and being start running around with a band of my own and trying to be an artist and try to get myself signed. Um, I was probably about 16 when I started playing bars, man. It, it kind of happened funny because I was already playing shows, like I said, with my grandfather. We were playing a lot of the traditional uh, country music. That's what I was raised on at the time. And and still to this day what I love to listen to. And so I was raised on a lot of that stuff. So I don't really have a big repertoire of like modern stuff. And I was working, I was working at this place called Music and Stuff, this uh, mom and pop music store. And um, I was teaching guitar lessons and I was in the back before with my, my student came, Randy, the guy that owned the place, was I was talking to him, I was like, hey man, how do you get your foot in the door? You know, like how do you how do you uh, start playing around? And he's like, Oh, you just gotta Go up there and book yourself. And I was like, what? I really don't know how to do that. And uh, so, I, but student came, and then in between time, a guy came in that owned a place called Shays. And he needed a, somebody to play that Thursday. This was Monday. 
And so I leave, or I take the student out, give him back to his parents, whole deal. And he, my Randy goes, hey, man, what do you got going on Thursday night? I said, not much. He goes, cool, you're playing Shades. And I was like, oh, you want me to come sit in? He's like, no, nah, man, you got your first gig. So I had four, I had to learn four awesome. hours worth of, of worth of shit that wouldn't bore the hell out of some people that didn't grow up listening to some of the stuff I grew up listening to, and uh, and, and it kind of started then, man. You know, I, I just kind of always knew. I don't I don't know. I feel like even as a kid, I knew that this is what I wanted to do. But around that time uh, is when I started getting bit by the bug and really wanting to uh, what, knew that I wanted to graduate high school as fast as possible and get to Nashville. Mm. So you were so you were young and when you kind of got into all of this. Yeah, yeah. I was I was playing bars through high school, um, and then That's and then crazy. out of high school we started started. They let you in to play these bars. Hey, you got to know some people. I come from Look a big you. small town. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, you got to pass there. So would you say, like, everybody obviously sees your fame and success and everything, and, and a lot of people don't get to hear about kind of the in-between, though. So tell us a little bit about that. Just kind of, like, what was what was the struggle like? Because we all know it's, it's a 10-year town here, you know? It's not just, yeah. hey, Michael Ray's on the radio. There's a lot before that. <laughs> I wish. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, uh, so when I first moved to Nashville, to kind of kind of go further, I met a guy named Jeff Hurst, who's a firefighter back home in Lake County, and uh, him and I started writing songs together. And he was who got me into some of these places in Nashville. He had already coming back and forth, taking meetings, and I was still learning a lot of the business. I was what a publishing deal even was, learning who was who and mm-hmm. what went where. And uh, he, he he was already ahead of me on that, so he helped me learn all that. And uh, the guy named David Preston that uh, works at BMI, we had a meeting with him, and. I played him some stuff, and he's like, "Man, what's your what's your plan?" Now at this point, we're already playing bars in Florida. We're already, you know, I'm, I'm acoustic three, four nights a week, sometimes five, and you know, it's going really well. We're packing out places, but just really not knowing what the next move is. Like we're we're growing, it's fun, it's fine, we're making money and moving, but what what, what is the next step? So he asked me what I was doing. I told him, I said, "Man, I guess I'm going to move to Nashville." Now keep in mind, this is about 11 years ago, so it's like he was looking mm-hmm. in a in a in a globe, you know, for, for where we are now. He said, man, he goes, he goes, you need to go to Florida, put a band together and try to become the biggest thing in Florida you can possibly become and then move. He said, because it's going to come yeah. a time where having showcases is not how people get record deals anymore. He goes, that, that's, that's going to come to an end. He said, you're going to have to bring something to the table to make these labels start recognizing you. That's where it's going. So that's now true. it's exactly where that's we're exactly at right now. Right now. Right you, now. Look at, yeah. you look at Kane Brown, you look at Kane and a lot of people built this massive following before they ever got a record deal. Yeah. You know? And, and mm-hmm. so I didn't know anybody of them because I, I had nobody else to bounce the idea off of. So I was like, all right, hell, we're going to band together. So on our way down, we pieced together That's people awesome. that we knew that played and uh, put a band together. And I started going to these clubs and, and I would go in and I would say, hey, book us for free the first time. And if you like us, then we'll talk about pay the second. And um, huh. we, I walked into this place called Boots and Buckles in Lakeland, Florida and walked in and, and this guy who's John, who's, who's like family now, he owns the place, so I went in with my silly little press packet and like the ten fun facts about Michael Ray and all the, you know, <laughs> and, uh, stupid cheesy photo we had, and, and, yep. uh, and went in there and, and went in there and I was like, hey man, you know, here's what I've been doing, here's my numbers, I, I put a band together, and he's like, all right, well, whatever, he kind of blew me off, and he calls me and he goes, hey, uh, what do you got this date? And I said nothing and he goes well have you open for Jason Michael Carroll's sold out show Jason was pretty hot at the time so I said perfect and I I, I rehearsed for that damn thing like it was an opening of the Grammys man <laughs> I, you know, I, was, I, was, I, was, I was I was every night and uh 
Wow. And so we went on and and sometimes things just happen for a reason. And sometimes the stars align that there's no, it's bigger than us. We don't know why, but it was just one of those nights where everybody was on, nobody could do wrong. And you, know, you never know who you're playing to. That's a big thing for anybody that's, that's, that wants to be an artist. Is it could be 10 people in the crowd, but you don't know who one of those 10 people know. You don't know who they are mm-hmm. a lot of times, you know. So always, always yeah. know that you don't know who you're playing to. You don't know what that one moment is where that stars do align, and it helps you skip about 40 rungs on the ladder, you know, for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Right. And it really helps you out. And in my case, it was this night. And um, a lady named Sarah Michaels asked for a CD, and I didn't know. You know, she didn't say anything. She said she was with a radio station. So I gave her the CD, and then a couple of days later, my buddy called me, and he was like, hey, bro, you're on the radio. And I was like, for what? And he, he goes, no, like, you're on the radio, man. Like, they're playing they're playing uh, 23rd Psalm on the radio, which is the song that we had at the time. And I was like, man, I don't even think that's legal. I didn't know. You know, I was like, I don't, I don't know how any of that works. I said, who, yeah. how, does, how did they even have it? And he's like, man, and he's, he's like, he called me a few names, and he's like, man, it was Kenny Chesney, you, Jason Aldean. I don't know the laws. I'm just telling you, you asked this on the radio. Like, I don't know anything about, yeah, I don't, I don't know anything about any laws. I just know that you were on the radio. And, uh, and then it started kind of snowballing from there, and we were able to, you know, start selling hard tickets. And, and so then I, I decided to move to Nashville, and I lived in a two-bedroom, two-bath with five other band members. And I'd go to Ooh. Florida. I'd go to, oh, yeah, it was, it was, I mean, we had a lot of That's, that's hell. Yikes. <laughs> My keyboard player slept in a closet for two years. <laughs> I, I oh, wow. We, have, oh we had our gosh. tour van. That was the only van for, that was the only vehicle that we had for a majority of us. So I think two of us had cars and then I had the van. So we, we were always piling in the van. It was before Uber. I really felt like we missed our, a good calling. We could have had a good <laughs> Good it's, God. Now, it worked out, it worked out in the it end. It worked us, out in the end. Yeah. yeah, talk about paying your dues. I mean, come on. Yeah. Five people in a two-bedroom? Two people in a two-bedroom yeah. is sometimes too much. Yeah, it was fun, oh, though, man. Boy. You know, that that time that time of life, whenever you're, you move to Nashville, it's exciting. You're, you're still, you're touring. Because all I knew was to be on the road. Yeah. All I knew was we, you got to make fans, you got to go out. This was before... Um, Facebook really took off before YouTube of a lot of like the people like in getting, you know, using that big social platform to get a widespread of his music out there. That was just before all of that started becoming popular. So it was like, well, I guess you do what Waylon did. You do what Loretta Lynn did. You do what all these men and women I grew up watching mm-hmm. did. You go fan, bar to bar, fan by fan, you know, and start building this. And mm-hmm. I was fortunate to have a good team back home in Florida between Bartow Ford and, you know, other, other, uh, other people that really helped me out to have a van and, and capabilities made that happen. So uh, yeah. It was it was a fun time, you know. It's definitely there, there's something cool to being being young and dumb, <laughs> you know. And, and, right. and just got a tour and, and seeing the world for what the first said. time, and it was fun. It's so true. Yeah. Being, being young, being young and dumb, you're fearless a little bit, you know. Yeah, man, absolutely, <laughs> man. You gotta have the story, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You gotta have a story <laughs> to get to the, in order to get the finish line. So, right. Um, so let's fast forward a little bit to you're now in Nashville. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure now by now you're you're writing with different writers and different you're meeting new people and things like that. Let's talk about your pub deal on how you got your pub deal and the day that you realized that you were getting a pub deal for the first time. Yeah, it was dude, it was it was wild, man, because I, I went to I'm signed to Warner Chapel and I went to uh, lunch with Ben and PJ, my publishers and uh you know, with it, with it, when they offered it, it was, uh, it, it was just, it was like all the years of like working hard, going back and forth to Nashville, playing just 
you know, having to stay in the van. I, mean, I can't tell you how many times we had to sleep in the van because we couldn't afford a hotel. There just wasn't enough room. Mm. And, you know, you don't have mm. enough time to stop, so you pull off on the side of the road, sleep for a while, get back on, and go. Keep in mind, none of us are professional drivers. <laughs> <laughs> none of us should have been really driving. So uh, safe. You know, all the, yeah, yeah. Thank, thank God. My guardian angels are safe, for sure. Um, yes. <laughs> Good wow. all the, it was all those times of and all those sacrifices that not only on my own but for you know my band their families my own family you know my, my hometown of Eustis that allowed me to grow and allow me to to suck honestly you know in those bars in the early days and god knows what some of that stuff sounded like and some of those local musicians that helped me get my sound right you know to you know, i felt like it was kind of like a big victory for all of us is why i had my first music video in my hometown because i felt like that whole place had such a big part in helping me get to where I am. And, and I think being around people that allow you to suck but still support you, you know, is a good thing. You know, it allows you to, yeah. to grow and, and they believe. And, man, they would come every Friday, every Saturday I was playing somewhere. It would be packed. And it was, it, was, it, was, it was fun, man. So having that day was kind of felt like we all kind of did it. You know, everybody. Everybody collectively gather. It's a big. It's a, like a. I I I know Ben and, and Ben is a. We play poker together. Oh okay. Um, <laughs> ben loses money quite quite a, quite a bit. <laughs> that's why he works so hard. That's, that's why he works so hard. It's like he loses money. Ben loses money You're quite a bit. His money, man. No, no I'm not because I'm not playing. <laughs> I'm just watching. I'm not trying to lose You're my just money. An observer. Yeah. Hey, I'm Smart man. Uh, um, I'm, the, I'm there for the whiskey and the conversation. Fact. That's why mm. I sit next to my rich friends at the blackjack <laughs> table. <laughs> <laughs> That's why this. Like, nah, man. I grew, yeah, I grew up in a trailer. And I ain't spending that, but no, you can. You I'll can. take a vodka soda. Yeah. <laughs> Just that's what I, that's what I that's what I told, that's why I told Jimmy last week. Jimmy, we went we went to uh we went to dinner for his you know release stand. I'm like I'm like oh, what I'm drinking is on his tab. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he just looked there at me. Go. he just yeah. looked at me. I said, "You got money coming in right now. What I'm drinking is on his yeah. tap." Hey, fat man, you know what? He, he, he can't take people out to celebrate your success. <laughs> there you go. You got to oh. have a barbecue. You got, you got a limit. You got a limit. You got a limit. Bring the open bar. It's a family barbecue. But I just ain't going to Jeff Ruby's. Ain't going to Jeff Ruby's. No, it took us yeah. took us a damn LA, LA Jackson or whatever. I'm like, okay. Cool. There cool you go. On you. Have so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> not <laughs> not paying a dime. Not That's paying a dime. So, See, it's easy being a girl because I, I don't have to buy drinks anywhere that I go. Yeah, I hate you for that. Yeah, so we don't <laughs> have that same issue. It's funny how that doesn't work for me. It's funny how that doesn't work at all. It doesn't. funny how I'm always buying drinks. It's funny. I'm like, I'm really trying to. I wonder what the common denominator is here. I couldn't, I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you. You know, I'm just, it's just life. I'm just Marcus, how many free drinks you got this month? Man? <laughs> hey, if it wasn't for Jimmy, it'd probably be like it'd just it'd be zero. It'd be zero. <laughs> if it wasn't for Jimmy, it'd be zero. Uh, wow. What's up? Oh my god, you guys that's must so not good. have very much money because you guys have to buy all of our drinks, yeah. and that's the thing. Yeah, so the it's like if you buy broke. us one, exactly. yeah. one, we're like, oh. We like four or five more. Yeah, fine. Bill's $100. Oh, thanks. No. It's just kind of, mm. No. Um, I don't well, you just put you. out your game plan all over here. Oh, so if oh. you're going to edit this and that's out of here, I'm going to call it. That shit better make the clip. I'm telling you. <laughs> 
Your girlfriends are texting me going, oh my God, that's not our secret. No, you keep that in there. You keep that shit in there. Give us guys one.
So you talked about how you're on Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. You have the great. I call him the great, and I'm going to try. I'm going. I'm. I'm trying my best to get him on here. But you have the great John Esposito. Oh yeah, Esposito. Backing you. Yeah. Um, I, I think that I and I call him because I, I you know my boss is Jr. Schumann now, so I, I call him I call Jr. and I tell Jr. I'm like you know that Espo. First of all, I admire him because he he loves the word fuck a lot. Um, yeah, it's a good um, word. It's a great word. So I, I admire. So I, I immediately started admire him. After, it's my favorite. Yeah. I immediately started admire him after that. And so, um, but to see the influence that he has in this town, mm-hmm. and then not just in town, but just in the music industry in general, mm-hmm. and um, and then the support that he gives his 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 artists because. Mm-hmm. Um, Tell us about how the day you met him, the first day you first time you met him, and the day you met him, and what was your first impression of Esposito? Because I'm sure you heard stories before you met him. Oh, yeah. oh absolutely! Yeah. He's a legend. Yeah, he's a legend, bro. He'll be there'll be tall tales about Espo like a thousand years yeah. from now. That'll be like absolutely absurd, but some a little true, yeah. you know, like. <laughs> he, uh, Mitch, have you been in his office? It's like a museum. I have not been in his office. If you ever get a chance, have Jr. take you up there at some point or something. And it's truly like, like it's like a museum, man, of of just art of records and and you know artists that he's worked with and current artists that he's with that you know on the on the roster now. And, and so when you walk into that room, and, and obviously you know it was him, Scott Hendricks, Chris right. Lacey. I mean, we're talking about a power trio, right. you know, like right. people I've I've looked up on the computer, you know, and, right. and, and, heard, and, and learned about. And so and now we're here, and. And I, I knew I loved Espo when I'm a hugger, man. We hugged, he said fuck, and I was like, me and this dude, we're, we're going to be just fine, buddy. We're going to be good. And, uh, better than a hug and a fuck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is good? Oh, 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 sorry. oh man. I hope my mother that, never listens to this is, podcast. That is not getting edited out. <laughs> If your mom can't appreciate that, then I don't know. I, I mean, that's brilliant. What? Way to, way to go. Way to, way to show I up. Mean, I mean, guys, it's, it's quarantine. Come on, I'm a little lonely over yeah, here. This isn't the tall tale I wanted to start. Wow, uh, man. But he, uh, anyway, he, uh, anyway, so after he, a nice hug and a fuck, yeah, after, after right. uh, man, this is gonna bite me in the ass. Yeah, I knew that. I just knew his. I saw his love of music, and like yeah. his, he's a music guy. Like he plays. He he's he, his passion for music. I mean, he is. He's like, and and I I I dare anybody to go with him on knowledge of it. I mean, it's it's pretty mm-hmm. impressive what he knows, and just he he puts the art and the music first. Mm. And then the business and stuff second. I think he gives you enough room to be yourself. He gives you enough room and the building uh, to, to, for your team to really utilize every aspect of what you have at Warner. And doesn't try to, you know, just just really let you breathe as an artist and make the record that mm. you want, you know, and he guides it with you. And he's, and he's a part of all of our stuff uh, through it all. But he's, he's, it's just, I think, I think with Espo, what you see is somebody that, lo- he's a fan of music, 
like we all are. And just like all of us, we somehow ended up being able to make a living out of it. You know, and and, and he just, I think that's that's one of the cool things about him is, is I think the music's always first with him. Yeah. And, and then the bourbon so and fossils. Yeah, that, I mean, that's something that's so important. I mean, especially things are changing. I mean, you've been here long enough. You know that the business mm-hmm. is vastly different than it was uh, even five, six years ago. So to hear that is incredible because there's a lot of people that are at the top that ooh, I, I feel like the business is first and, and, and all yeah. of that comes before the artistry and the actual artist, you know? It's mm-hmm. more about a product than the music. So... I yeah, really totally. You know, that. and 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 Espo's obviously a very smart businessman, and and knows you know knows every every angle of it. His just, I think that you know his priority of of prioritizing the art, you know, and knowing that mm. it's all about a great song. You can have all yeah. the stuff and anything else, but you got to have a great song. And uh, and I don't think that'll ever change. You know, no matter how crazy all the social media stuff gets or whatever, I think it all goes down to it. <clears throat> a great song that, and that so, should never change yeah. right? i feel like like you said everything is dependent on a great song and yeah. and, and it just sucks that sometimes radio doesn't get it um <laughs> yeah. no, they don't dude they really don't i, I mean let's just talk about that, but it's true no you shouldn't <laughs> say it because i'm i'm a female here yeah. and that a whole like that's one thing that we're going to touch on so much in this podcast i'm sure but it's like that's actually a good question for you how do you feel about you know, women on radio right now and how much attention they're getting versus the guys. I'd love to hear from a male's perspective. Yeah, I mean, you know, with, you know, when I was with Carly, I saw a lot of different sides of stuff that you don't see as a guy artist. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like stuff that just isn't, it's not a part of my daily. It's not, a, you don't think about it, you know, and we're constantly on the go mm-hmm. and grind and making music and records and you just don't see a lot of the stuff that, that, you know, I do believe that us guys probably get more, uh, you know, more more of a leeway than than, than mm-hmm. the female artists do. And 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 again, I think it all goes down to a great song. I think mm-hmm. make a great song. And right now, seeing you know, uh, seeing all these records break with with women in country music, and you know, with mm-hmm. Ingrid and Gabby, and then and Carly, and and and. Um, uh, just just to watch the growth of it. I, I think, you know, mm-hmm. we got a long way to go, but I really think that the women coming together in country music has made a difference. And the men yeah. standing behind the women and beside the women in it and go, hey, we're brothers and sisters here. This is this is all of us together. And, and you know, we're, we're here to make art, make music and take people away. Uh, man or woman, black, white, mm-hmm. whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that I, I think it all just has to be about the song. Dude, I love that. And what you said, that we all kind of need to stand together instead of, like, separating everything, male versus female, yeah. whatever. It's like, no, we have to be a giant team. This is the country music Absolutely. business. This is country music. We all love the same thing. So it's yep. like, oh, I like that answer. I like yeah. that answer. Good answer, good answer, good answer. Good answer. Good answer. Good answer. Seriously, <laughs> seriously. Props to you. Props to you. I'm always just curious because, you know, yeah, no, I get it's it. very yeah. different. And I know, you know, being with someone who's on the radio as well, it's a, it's a lot different for men yeah. versus women. Yeah, It's just oh, different. I, I, so. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so. Um, so back to the uh, you, the day you met Espo. Now, was that the, also the day you got signed or did you do the dating thing beforehand? No, By man, dating, so... I'm not talking about hugging and fucking. I'm talking about just... <laughs> <laughs> I'm but just, if you want to talk about that, we can talk I'm, about I'm that. Just, I'm just talking, I'm talking about... <laughs> 
This shit's gonna come back. This shit's gonna come back. Uh, this shit. Try that spell. It's not gonna be want to be on my damn podcast at all. I'm gonna tell him. I'm like, hey, bro, listen, stay away from me. I made a mistake. You not say shit. I'm just telling you. So that actually, that actually wasn't the day I got signed. So I, I played for um, for Scott Hendricks and his office and Chris Lacey. And then um, went and played for Espo, and I had a, uh, actually it was February 7th, February 6th, 2015. Mm-hmm. I played a, a sold out show in House of Blue, at House of Blues in Orlando. My grandfather passed away the 4th. So, so the sorry. guy that like taught me everything, my the push, the, the whole reason we're here type of thing, and we got all of radio flew in for this show, and they're all here, and you know, uh, that's not when I got signed. I'm sorry. I got signed before then. That was the, that was when we released "Kiss You in the Morning," um, and and that was like the big release of, of the mm-hmm. single. But before then, um, Chris Lacey came down, saw a sold out show down there, and uh, man, what I love about about Warner and I've never had another record deal. And this is everybody's you know every, everybody's different. But what I love about them and that team is they've they've been the same since day one as far as who they are. Their, their passion, their drive, you know, just the, the team with Chris and our marketing team and our, you, um, you know, the, the, our, our uh, social media team and, and our publicists and, and just everybody over there, just the passion is like electric, you know, when you go there. So yeah. right. um, when they offered, when, when I, when I just kind of knew in my gut, hey, I'll tell you this, man, this is, this is weird, but when I used to come up to Nashville with my buddy Jeff Hurst, for some reason, I'd always be like, I'm going to have a record deal at Warner Brothers. And I never said it with anybody anywhere else. And, and uh, Jeff actually brought it to my attention like years after I got a record. I forgot about it. You know, we'd drive past or whatever. And I'm like, bro, one day, you know, you got the banners out front and all this mm-hmm. stuff. And I'm like, I'm telling you. And, uh, you and now, to, now to see it happen. I, yeah, who knew? You know, I'm a little That's Gary awesome. V. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I love that, dude. That's amazing. You got to manifest shit. So Me how too. long was it before, like, from, from the time that you moved to town to when you got signed? How, how much time had elapsed? Um, I see seven years. Yeah. And then I, but I signed my record deal. I think it was seven or eight years. And then I believe it's you know, a, sometimes you get those stories of like you know Luke Combs or Sam Hunt or whatever. They just have that record there, and they've been writing it, and, and they've already got that success kind of going with it. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of times, you know, you might sit at a label and work on a record and write and do whatever different things mm-hmm. for till you get that first few songs that they feel already and that there's a slot there's so much about timing in this business that people don't realize you know it's like mm-hmm. i didn't realize until honestly i got a record deal and and we started kind of going and figuring out shit on on radio wise i was like what do you mean timing just put it out they play it right you know and i was like you're way <laughs> yeah. wrong they don't a lot more than that yeah but um but yeah i uh what, or i just had a blank what were we just talking about um we were talking about the time between Moving to oh, and- yeah, so so when I signed my record deal, it was about a year and a half, I think, before Kiss You in the Morning came out. Okay, okay, gotcha, gotcha. So I guess all together about nine years, yeah, yeah, so... That's crazy, dude. I never thought about it, Steve, said it, yes, but... It's a 10-year no. town. Yeah, this is, yes. this is the 10th year that I'm in Nashville. In, wow. Say, this is the 10th year I'm in Nashville, yeah. Oh, my gosh, yeah. I have yeah. you guys uh, 11, by 11. year, look at that. 11. Oh, yeah, 11, so then he moved in 2009. Yes. Yeah. So when was I. the flood? That was twenty. That, that was, was twenty ten. March. So that was so. 
funny thing, I had went to the Opry for the first time mm-hmm. the weekend before. Mm. Oh wow! And saw um, Chris Young and and uh, Jimmy, little Jimmy Dickens. Okay. Play and it was really fucking cool yeah. to see that. And That's then awesome. literally the next yeah. weekend, I can't even drive home because it was it was flooded. Mm-hmm. Crazy man. Jeez Louise. That's yeah. yeah that whole thing was absolutely yeah. insane. So you moved before the flood then. So you were here. I no, I moved. I moved right after the flood. Oh, you right moved right after. after. Okay. So, so twenty ten. Yeah. So, so this twenty ten. Yeah. So ten years. Ten years. Yep. Ten years. Okay. okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. I, I see you. Go gotcha. You didn't go to college. I didn't go to college. I went to Shay's Bar and Grill and and kick and chicken on Friday night. Come right, see, right. see me nine to one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it's what they right. call the College of Hard Knocks right there. Exactly. That's right. You gotta get the experience. Right. Gotta get the experience. That's all you need. And speaking of hard knocks, we're going through the weirdest time mm-hmm. in world history right now. The music industry is completely changing. People's lives personally are changing. How have you been? during all of this not being able to gig not being able to play not being able to really write and life's just not normal how has that been for you it's been a whirlwind you know i think i think that i'd be lying to say that i'm not in the in the pissed off stage right now you know just (laughs) like like, i feel like everybody is Mm -hmm. you know i feel like Mm -hmm. we went through the, the the phase of the fear in the beginning and okay how do we handle this and what do we do and and everybody going and and now um now it's just it's the, the the safety precautions there's so much other stuff in here that i'm not going to get into but just mm. you just I, I you know i'd be lying if i didn't say i'm at the point of like i'm just frustrated i'm like i've never i've been on tour of some sort since i was 17 years old mm-hmm. and and i was just at brantley's house and him and i were talking about this and it, it just becomes your lifestyle and yeah right and i don't i don't think a lot of people realize this like like we play music for the fans but I don't think fans realize what they do for all of us, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, and I didn't realize until, yeah. until you're not going out every Wednesday night, you know, or, or, or meeting yeah. the bus or whatever, how much I needed that Wednesday night bus call. Those three, four days with my band, those three nights with the fans, those, like, that's what recharges me, that those moments are, are what I love, you know, and, and why we make yeah. music. And and honestly, it's like having a therapy session four nights a week. You know, I, you know, I was, and, I was, and now yeah. it's gone. Yeah, I was curious. I was going yeah. to say, it's like, do you, do you think that, and this is not in a bad way, but do you think that touring for artists? It's like it's like an it's like an addiction, like a drug addiction, because mm. because you yeah, you need absolutely. it, and if, if it's taken away from you, you don't know how to yeah, how to man. even act or how to live without it, because you've been doing it. In your case, you've been doing it for so damn long. It becomes right. your identity. It becomes your identity, and I think that's why yeah. a lot of like Mick Jaggers and Aerosmith and all of them will keep coming back and keep doing farewell tours. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right there, buddy. You're like, you just did a farewell. Why are you doing another one again? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a comeback for the comeback. We, <laughs> yeah. I didn't think we were going to make it to the third yeah. farewell, but here we are. Here, yeah. we are. here we are. Here we are. Here we are. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. No, that's true. So aren't you recording right now? We are, man. We're making the record. We go back in the 24th. Uh, it's been cool, man. You know, we've the last two songs we've recorded has, has been in quarantine. And so all the musicians are in their studio, home studios. Um, Ross, my producer, we get everything back, um, get it right. And then I put my vocals on it through my through Ross on Zoom and me in a room uh, with my tour manager doing 
you know, vocals and, and sending them in. So I was curious on how, my only fear was there's so much moment, so there's so many moments in the studio that you, you have happen because there's human beings in one room, yeah. all your creativeness is on the high, you know, and, mm -hmm. and you're making music and all of a sudden the lick to Chattahoochee comes out, you know, and you're like, yeah. holy cow, what is that? I was like, do we, do you have those recreative moments if it's the drummer and then, you know, then the bass playing it? But mm. we have, man, and it's been fucking awesome, man. It's been cool That's and great. it's been, it's, uh, you know, this record, I'm, I'm very, very proud of my, la of my first two albums. And I don't, I, I'm very grateful uh, that the fans connect with the singles and the, and the music. Um, but this record is the record that I've been wanting to make. You know, I moved to town to make country music and, and to put my flag here and, and to, to be here and to, and to show my support and that I want to be a part of this. And um, this record, all more country than stuff I put out. You know, there's a song on there that, uh, you know, Gary Allen was a big influence to me and, and growing yeah. up in the 90s. And, and he was that modern guy of our, of our generation that was doing the Buck Owens, Dwight Yoakam, Merle Haggard thing, but in his own way, you know. So I, I wanted just to show more of my roots on, on this record. And, 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 and I feel like, honestly, this record will be something that people can listen to and, and really get to know who I am. So here's my I question, because I know, because you are recording and you're doing, and you, and you're doing this new stuff. <clears throat> and you've released three songs off the off Amos. So is it three singles? Yeah, three, yes, singles. three singles, yep. right? So typically, an artist gets four singles. Sometimes, um, is there a song on that album? <clears throat> excuse me. Is there a song on that album that you wish you could re you would have released? Uh, mm -hmm. man, good question. Good question. Um, yeah, you know, I've always Dancing Forever was always the song for me that that it was like the fans just gravitated to it a lot and we do a VIP thing before a lot of the shows and and there's so many fans there and and I'll do requests and and every night I just started just I didn't even take a request for that song I just played it. <laughs> um it every night people were requesting this song and and, and I, I just feel like I don't know I I thought that song would have been special given given the light that uh that it deserved you know but but you know it, it just we're in a day where, where songs are taking a while on the charts and that's just how that how it is which right is now. crazy yeah. yeah which is yeah. crazy yeah i mean we have we have yeah, i mean like jimmy you got jimmy you have like i'm thinking of off the top of my head jimmy and then you had gongus who've had songs on there for damn near a year or over a year yeah i think so 40 mm -hmm. was Travis Denny, I think, holds the record. Holds right the record right now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah with after a few. After yeah. a few, it was on it for a long. I remember, I remember I the think, year before he had performed at the CRS. They had a birthday. Crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they had a birthday. <laughs> yeah. See, I was hoping that she would say "Fangirl." Yeah. Well, yes. And I, I, I was, I was torn between the two because "Fangirl" to me was that song that we needed for the live show, but it was always that song that I felt. It could have been a radio single, possibly. Um, but, you know, when we're choosing singles, we go a lot of, I, at least I try to with my team, we go, we go to the fans a lot, man, and go to streaming, go to, you know, mm -hmm. uh, what are they listening, what are they talking about? Because they'll tell you what they want to hear. And so, now sometimes it's yeah. a song that you want to get out as an artist. And that song needs to be out. Right. But uh, but if you're making a record and you're picking singles, a lot of times I try to, we, we try to go to the fans and see, you know, are we on the right path? That's how Think A Little Less became a single. I never played Think A Little Less out. And, wow. And 
we went to pick the third single, the last single off the, off the, the, the first record, and we were, it was between these two songs, and we went to, at the time, Spotify was growing, all that stuff was really becoming, all the streaming was really blown up. And it, it was one of my most streamed songs, and I never played the song. I played it one time, we were on tour with Chase Rice, and I don't know what happened, but it did not go over. <laughs> and so I was like, hey, it's like again. and uh, it was like crickets. And so granted, I didn't have shit going on. I mean, people were just like, get this guy off the stage, Chase. But um, we, uh, but we went, we went to the went to the streaming, and, and it was one of my biggest streaming songs at the time. And I'm like, fans are finding this song. I'm not playing. I've not. I played the song one time, and it it, it didn't go over that well. So I, I never really talked about it. And uh, everybody, Jordan Pettit who's at the Opry now, who's working at Warner, all my radio team, everybody was like, this is a sleeper. I'm telling you this song. And now it's my biggest selling song. <laughs> yeah, so, See, wow. that's so crazy. Yeah, and so I, I, I try to always keep that mindset when we're picking singles. And, and sometimes so you just smart. get that gut feeling and you know, you know, but when, when you've had a record out where fans have developed their, their love for different songs, utilize that, you know? Yeah. Dude, that's great, I wish man. A lot of people I love that. that. I wish a lot of people would use yes. that. Yeah, I honestly, like, to be completely honest with you, I wasn't even expecting an answer. I was expecting some, like, scientific, oh, well, this is what's going on in the ch-. Like, that <laughs> is absolutely incredible. The thing that people fail to realize is something that you've mentioned multiple times. Like, you're not doing this for you. You're doing this for the fans. Without fans, our music would mean nothing. So... Why don't more people do that? Marcus, what is up with that, dude? I don't care. Here, here's, here's what, no, I'm, I'm not going to say that. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll say it, I'll say it. Come on, uh, bring it. No, I, just, I, think it's, I think it's, I don't know. I really love that. I think it's really, um, it says something about you as an artist that you're doing this for the right reasons, which I'll be honest with you, I question a lot of people that are doing music nowadays. It's like, why are you actually doing this? Do you want to just uh, yeah. be successful and, you know, just famous and get a lot of, you know, attention? Or do you actually care about the music and the people that you're playing for? So I respect that a lot. <coughs> well, I appreciate it. You know, I think that I think that all of it comes out in the wash. You know, I think mm. that fans know stuff and, and uh, and that's it. You know, I think that I think that that you just gotta be true to yourself and 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 allow yourself to grow, and uh, and fans will grow with you. You know, and through through the good and the bad and every situation in between. You, you, you know, you just just in country music, we're the only genre that that gives back to the fans the way that we do. And I think yeah. that's why you see, that's why you have not not just saying not obviously the songs and their talent, but. Mm-hmm. Very few other genres do you have as many legends as country music does. So like, true. Like Reba McIntyre, Trisha Yearwood, Garth Brooks, George Strait. Mm-hmm. You know, these people that are, I mean, the list goes on, Dolly Parton. You know, you, you, know, you got the yeah. Carrie Underwood's coming up. All right. But you got these you got these legends that they're still, George Strait can still put 50,000 asses in a, in, in a You're place. right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's yeah, because dude. the fans are growing with them and we have things like, it was Stanford at the time, but CMA Fest and, you know, yeah. CRS, which is, I guess, more towards radio, but there's still fans involved, you know, and I just think it's, yeah. hey, that's one of the many reasons why you see the longevity in country music that you do. Yeah. That's very I true. I love that. That's very true. I love that. Um, two more things. One, um, any, any uh, additional advice you have for 
aspiring artists who are up and coming may not be signed to a label mm. or even ones who are, you know, just got signed to labels, just got their pub deals or hell, even just moved to Nashville, you know, yeah. um, because yeah. it, even though it's a fun and we, we talk about how, how much we love Nashville and how fun it is and how great it is, it's still at the same time a scary place for a lot of newcomers and, and yeah. baby artists. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> And baby artists, you know, uh, it's still yeah. it's still a scary a sight, and I feel like, especially with this quarantine thing going on, I feel like a lot of people mm-hmm. have kind of given up on their dreams because of the quarantine. Because now, oh well, the music industry is making money. Well, no, there are other ways to do it right now, or there's other ways to survive. Um, but I also think the people who who come in and make it for money, then you should not be in the industry at all. But <laughs> no, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Just, just I tell you this right now. If you're in this shit for the money, call me. Call me. You got a few years. Yeah, you got a few years. You got about nine and a half years on that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And even um, then, man. <laughs> man, you know, I, honestly, I think, I think that if you're an aspiring artist, musician, songwriter, what a fucking time to be that like yes. if you yes. if you are if you are a teenager writing songs if you're in your early 20s what if i don't shit if you're 40 years old who cares right now you're you're we are stuck in a time where the world is just completely shook all over and we're at our homes and if you can write songs and you can hone that craft, what a better time to do it than right now. Whenever mm. you're, there isn't anything else. And guess what? Between what we're doing right now and these, the world is at your fingertips with this stuff. Mm-hmm. And if you and learn, learn as much as you can about the music. Learn, you know, that's little things that I look at and I'm like, damn, man, I wish we had that at that time. Mm. You know, like all, just all the stuff that is so quick and at your fingertips now. And I would write and I would play and I would do YouTube videos and, and, and lives and, and just car- start building that fan base up. And, and what David Preston told me 10 years ago is way more, there's way more truth to that right now than there was, was 11 yes. years ago. You know what I mean? It was like you see in the future. And I do believe that. And I believe just from a business standpoint, the, you know, the more that you can own as an artist, the better, obviously. And if you're mm-hmm. writing songs and growing your craft and growing your brand and, and getting better as an artist during this quarantine time and this crazy time, when it comes out, I'd, you, I'd encourage everybody to have a stockpile of stuff waiting, you know, and just get ready to and, and hit the ground running whenever and whatever that is. Right. Uh, you yeah. know, right. right here. But I just, you know, and for anybody that's moving to Nashville, it is a fun town. Do not let that get slippery because it can very fast trust me and uh and i and i think that being being in the network you know going out to the whiskey jams and the revivals and and you know going to uh, picking on the patios and those things where you can meet people that you just don't know where the music industry is taking the next person you know you're talking to somebody that might just be joe blow but might be the next john esposito in 20 years you know like that and that's, could, that's, that's gonna be me. That's gonna be me. That's gonna be me. Yeah, manifesting. Manifesting that shit. That's right. Manifesting that shit. That's right. There you go. I have. Oh, sorry. Continue. 
You know, I was just, I was just, just in that with, with main thing is, is, is to play as much as you possibly can. And even though the bars are shut down, thank God we got technology to where we can do things like this. We can do lives or videos or whatever it is, and, and still release music. And that's whether you're a signed artist or somebody in the middle of nowhere at, at your home studio. You know, whatever it might be. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. I have one quick follow-up question um, okay. to kind of all of that. Um, where do you see Nashville going in the next year or two? Where do, where, where do you think that all of this is going to end up with, with just everything that's going on right now with COVID and all of that? I don't know. I know Warner Warner Brothers is getting a makeover, so it'll be brand new by next nice. year. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> stuff done. Um, no, um, and, you know, I don't know. That's really that's a really hard one to think about because it's scary not having the certainty of of anything. You know, there's mm-hmm. no there's light at the end of the tunnel, but that light keeps getting pushed back mm-hmm. and then pushed back a little more and then pushed back a little more and. Um, I, I don't know. I think that I think a lot of artists are having to. I think there's a lot of people writing songs. I think that we're about to, we're going to get hit with some incredible music once this all does go away. Mm-hmm. I think I don't doubt Nashville ever. You see the tornadoes. You see the flood. You see everything. It's like the Rocky movies. You know, they don't. Right. It's like oh, you knock us down, Nashville's we come together. Yeah, guess what? Yeah, you know, so absolutely. I don't. I don't know business wise, but I do know that I have never seen a city come together like this city does for their community, for their people. Yeah. And and I think that whenever this does get back to normal, I think Nashville is going to be the most booming place <laughs> possibly yes. on, the, on the earth. I don't know. Yes. Very true. We love to I, see it. Yeah, I think uh, I'm happy to do it. I'll be down there. I'll be, but I think I, I just think that, that. I, I think that that's a uh, yeah, I think like I said, I, I don't know anything else about where stuff might go, but I, I do know that this community is contagious with just yeah. pride and yeah. mm. who they are and their community. And, yeah. you know, it's, just, it's been really cool. And I think it's gotten closer over the last five, six, seven years. Right. You know, yeah, and it's been, been a really cool thing. Right. I, awesome. I got one more thing. Um, we're going to do a little little rapid fire question for you. <laughs> all right. Fine. Only five questions. It's only five, it's, and it's all, all your right. it's all your favorite. So you just answer right. the moment you just think about right, it. Deal. All right, deal. Yeah. All right. First question: Favorite guilty pleasure TV series? Oh dear God, uh, this is us. Wow. Okay. Favorite. So good. Favorite Clint Black song? Oh, Killing Time, man. There's a video of me in a diaper as a baby, not an adult. But. <laughs> The fact oh, that I I hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. I gotta go back. I gotta go back to. I, gotta go, I am not giving you any more ammunition, David. That's not happening. To go back to question one, what I, was, I actually like this as I said, doing Bachelor show. That's, a, that's oh, the Bachelor. The Bachelor. Okay, the, we just became best friends. This is this is the greatest I didn't thing say I've ever I heard. It. Oh no! But it's, it's, a, it's a guilty pleasure. pleasure. Yeah, you don't you don't have to like it. That's the whole point. Yeah. You hate yeah. the show. It's so ridiculous, but God, it's, it's amazing. I, the, so, I, I got some buddies that know they're all great dudes, but the show itself, I'm just like, what? <laughs> you can't look away. It's like a train crash. Like it's like yeah, a, it's it a train is. wreck. It You're is. just like, oh my gosh, favorite, what is going on? Favorite George Strait song? Oh, the chair. Mm, okay. Favorite song that you wrote? 
Uh, it'll be on this next record. It's called Picture About My Uncle That Just Passed Away. Oh. No shit. That's so sweet. Yeah, man. I'm pumped for that. it. No we shit. Wrote it, we wrote it the day of his viewing. Stop. Me and Hardy oh. and uh, and David Garcia. We were we were not 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 to break up the rapid fire, but we yeah. were. Uh, oh, fine, go. No, we were we were booked to write that day, and uh, the night before, I flew to Florida, and everybody does what what you do during those times, which is get together, and then the photos and the talking, and everybody kind of dealing with this grief mm. in their own time frame, and my aunts there and, and stuff, and so. We was about three in the morning, and and everybody's just kind of hanging out and drinking and talking and passing photos around the whole thing. And, and uh, I had this idea, and I wrote it down, and and uh, kind of just played out in my head, and and it just really felt like a song that needed to be written. And so I, I told Hardy, and we had a Zoom right the next day, and I was like, Hey, I got about three wow. hours, but here's my idea, and they dug it, and I I think we wrote the thing in about 45 minutes, and it's uh it's special, oh. man. I'm excited for it. And now I can't now I can't wait to hear it. I know. I'm Thanks, like, I want to hear it. Now I can't wait to hear it. I'm, I'm excited for it. Yeah. I wish Shit. it was one that I already That's wrote, amazing. so we didn't have to have this uh, you know weird tension between us. But no. <laughs> I'm, I'm used to that. You're fine. It's okay. All right, Dude, so that's I'm, amazing. The next one is I'm only asking because he was trending yesterday. Favorite Tom Hanks movie? Oh, oh my lord! What? I mean, I can't say this one. You got, you got, you got, you got, you got Forrest Gump. You got oh, Castaway. I mean, dear lord, you got. He saved the plane. He was a pilot. He saved the plane, guys. What? What was coronavirus thinking? This man can take on anything. You picked the wrong Hollywood actor. Seriously, though. Him and Miss Rita ain't putting put no that shit on. Yeah, I this man survived. This man ran across the country, survived an island, and saved a plane Seriously. full of people in the hunting. And then defeated Corona all afterwards. <laughs> he, he, he didn't get coronavirus. Coronavirus got Tom exactly. Hanks. He got, he got, yeah, he got Hank. <laughs> he got Hank. All right, well, this, yeah. this has been great. This has been fantastic. Um, I want to thank you for uh, doing this. We've been trying to do it for a while. Dave's obviously schedules and shit getting yeah. away on both ends. Um, but oh. I want to seriously thank you for doing this and taking the man, time. Thank y'all, man. This is fun. Yeah. I appreciate y'all. Next time, uh, when we're not quarantined, mm. uh, we're going to go out and we'll have us. Me and you can have a cigar. Bree doesn't smoke, but we can go have a cigar. Beer. The cigar will be on me. The drinks will be on you. I'll drink. Yeah. There we go. I'll Never buy the drinks. Those. You can buy the cigar. <laughs> oh. D- Damn, I feel like the hot girl on the day. I feel like the hot girl. Is this how you feel, Bree? Yes, it is. (laughs) Honey, I'm just trying to give back to the community. (laughs) You're welcome. How does it feel, babe? How does it feel? I get it. I get it. I get it. Yeah, you just tell me what you want. Oh my god! Well, be sure to follow Michael Ray on everything. IG is Michael Ray Music everywhere. Twitter, Facebook. His new new album is coming out soon. Yes, we'll be having um, a single out hopefully in the next uh, month or two. So. Oh, so by the time Heck it's released, yeah. there'll be a single out. Yep. Uh, um, so this has been great. Be sure to follow us, Smoking Section Podcast. Um, thanks, seriously, thanks so much for doing this. Man, I appreciate you guys. Let's do one in person. Let's do it. Yeah, let's All do right. it. Absolutely. And never forget, there's nothing better than a hug and a fuck. <laughs> and we're ending, we're ending on that note. Hey, <laughs>